Welcome, everybody, to the ESIS Dental Solutions MBA podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper. Join me as I spend time with some of the amazing experts in our dental profession and talk all things business of dentistry. They're going to share some of their thoughts, some of their challenges, how they overcame them, what things were like for them in 2020, and some awesome solutions for you as you look to refine the business part of your practice. Stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on the eAssist Dental MBA podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper. And like we have been doing, uh, it's been such an honor to spend time with some of the amazing people in our dental profession and talk business around dentistry, right? We know there are so many great, great courses out there, podcasts out there talking about the clinical side, but we are lucky. Um, with this network that eAssist has to bring on doctors such as Dr. Sonia Harari, who is with me today. How are you doing, Dr. Harari? Doing well. Thank you, John. How are you? I'm doing great and very excited to, to have you come on today. I know we spent some time just a couple of weeks ago at the eAssist virtual conference, and uh, uh, you gave a wonderful presentation on um, uh, understanding behaviors. Yeah, I just remember taking a lot of notes, and so I know you have so much uh, done so much work in that area in regards to that and and i'm excited to have you share with everybody your journey um you know as a dentist but especially with what you're doing now so maybe to get us started maybe share with everybody a little bit about yourself and 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 what what you're up to right now wonderful thank you john so i moved to the united states from africa from khartoum to sudan, khartoum, sudan in 1986 I was a foreign trained dentist and I came with a purpose. And my purpose was I wanted to come to the land of opportunity, this wonderful country, the United States of America. But the strong purpose behind it too was I wanted to be able to bring my family too. But I needed to pave the path. And so I joined Loma Linda University International Dentist Program. And prior to joining, you know, this was when we had no internet. I had to communicate via mail, uh, via phone with ADA. I had to apply every, all my tests had to be on paper. It was a different era. And so uh, my journey was fantastic. It was possible to get into Loma Linda University and I graduated and I opened my first practice in 1990. I graduated in 1989. When that first practice was in Syracuse, New York, I did not know anything about the business of dentistry. I did not know anything such as a business coach or a life coach. And I was also starting a new family. So I was juggling the new practice and I was juggling kids. It was not a practice that I purchased that had a bunch of patients. It was a new, it was a startup. And my interest rate at that time, John, was 12.9%. <laughs> and that was just overwhelming. 
everything was overwhelming to me. And so the journey, the beginning of that journey was a little bit rocky because I couldn't appreciate uh, ownership of the practice. I couldn't appreciate the fact that I was the dentist in this practice who had everything, the bills and to juggle the family. And I didn't know who to turn to because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Well, I was learning from the School of Hard Knocks. And in 1998, I sold that practice. I tripled uh, what I actually invested in that practice originally. And we moved to Tucson, Arizona, where my husband got a job here. In Tucson, I was there two and a half years in a group practice. Then I decided it was time to go out on my own. And I decided this time I'm going to do it differently. I wanted to first improve my clinical skills. So I signed up with the Panky Institute and I started going to the Panky Institute. And Panky assigns you a mentor in your city. So when I ran into my first management challenge, I reached out to my mentor in Tucson and I said, you know, I'm having trouble with um, just some team members and I don't know how to handle it. He told me, go sign up for the Pride Institute. Go take their training. They'll teach you everything you need to know about your practice. And I really listened to him and I signed up for the Pride Institute. I did their two year uh, training for practice management, and I continued using a coach until December 2018 when they sold to Spear. Mm -hmm. So I saw the benefit of using a mentor and a coach tremendously. It changed the way I looked at my practice. It changed how my practice was thriving and I was able to take to drop seven PPO insurance and just be a Delta premier. I still continued to take the insurance and we would bill and it was great having e-assist behind this process. But, you know, I just was not a contracted the dentist with those other insurances. So I was able to enjoy working less. And uh, I was actually uh, making more money and working less time in my practice. I was able for the last 10 to 11 years of practicing, I was practicing three days a week. I was taking vacation four times, four times a month. And I was able to be uh, more present for my family. So the journey was just phenomenal. I was a happy dentist. I really was. <laughs> I was very proud of the practice and very, really proud of being there. Yeah. I love that story. And it's interesting uh, because this next question that I'm going to ask you, which is uh, how fortunate did you feel to be to, to be able to retire early. But as you know, Dr. Harari, like if you love what you do, that retiring thing is really only temporary, right? Because in some cases, yes, you retired from your practice, but I know you have such a passion for dentistry and for giving back. So 
that retirement, I feel like, as I've learned about your story, was just a new door opening for many, many other practices owner that, you know, owners out there that you've been able to help in this new consulting world. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about, you know, what that has been like, um, you know, once you made the decision to not have your practice anymore and then, and then start Deneville, which is your consulting company. Yes. Yeah, so that journey just reminds me of where I was and what I was able to do. So it gives me great joy when I see how people are feeling uh, more refreshed, more relieved, more enthusiastic about their practice, uh, that there is really a lot that they are gaining from just being coached and working with a coach, someone who has been in that journey, someone who's been through it, and all the benefits of really having that uh, person that they can go to, they feel very confident that they can uh, share with them. And um, it's going to be something that they, they all find that it is just making such a difference for them. You know, it happens slowly, but surely, just mm -hmm. like in my case, we did things slowly, but surely we could see the difference, the thriving, and that's what the clients are seeing. It's so refreshing for me. Gives me great joy when I see that. You know, one of my favorite pictures, you may have seen it, whether it be posted on social media, what have you, is when somebody is trying to um, depict success and they show that iceberg where they've got like the small part of it is outside of the water and the whole like main part of it is under the water depicting all the challenges uh right that it takes in order to build success whatever it is in your case you know working really hard to you know you know sell your practices and so on and so forth if you could highlight for people maybe two of your biggest challenges things that you had to overcome that helped you get to that first successful part in your career, which was, you know, retiring early, selling your practices and onto this, this new journey, what, what would two of those things be? I think uh, the first one for me was not realizing that there is a lot of help out there. Mm -hmm. So I think once I realized that I was able to overcome a lot of challenges. Uh, the other challenge I would say uh, I had a practice the size of having 16 members. And to me, the challenge there was if there was a, a team member that had to take time off, uh, filling that position in a very short time or temporarily was, I think, really one of the biggest challenges to overcome. And Today, you know, I really have several solutions for that. And so, uh, I mean, e-assist is really one wonderful solution because we never ever have to worry about uh, not having dental insurance built or built properly, which prior to using e-assist, if my front office person um, had some family emergency and had to be gone for a few days and so on, it was a challenge. Like, how do I um, get this out the door? Because it's all about accounts receivable. So those were really the challenges for me to overcome. 
And I found those to be uh, the hardest challenges. Yeah, excellent. So um, let's talk a little bit about last year. Now, you don't have your practices anymore, but you're in this, you're helping practices with the work that you do. When you think about the shutdown last year, um, what, what, what were some of the things or what was some of the insight that you were providing to the people that you work with in regards to how to manage, you know, the, first the shutdown and then just operating their practices through something that many of us haven't seen ever, quite frankly? Yes. So we were able to really just try to reach out and see what other people were doing too. And that was important because there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of um, a lot of fear in people, team members. So that was a huge part of it is really getting team members to uh, feel comfortable coming to work, to feel that um, there is there are new ways uh, to realize there are new ways of doing things and that everything was going to be normal. The other challenge was patients. For patients to realize that it's okay to go see a dentist. It's safe to go see a dentist. So um, luckily, you know, a lot of uh, the news was coming out good and a lot of dentists were really seeing uh, positive outcomes once they opened up. And a lot of them had the means and the ways of relaying to their patients, whether it was via email or Instagram or Facebook, how things were being done. So I would say uh, the social media also helped convey messages to the patients that it's very safe to come and see your dentist. So I would yeah. say these were the the biggest challenges, team members, fear from team members and fear from the patients. Of course, the worry of uh, the bills, the worry of uh, income. Uh, these are all also things that um, were concerning to many people. Yeah. And so juggling some of uh, some expenses and looking deeper to see where some things could be uh, some payments of certain things could either be eliminated or postponed, you know, certain things. So having to go through and make some choices was another way that was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's very interesting. Very interesting year. Uh, and I think from your perspective after, you know, being a practicing dentist and then with the work that you had to do. So, all right, I'd like to wrap this up. We're going to have a little fun here. So often people like yourself are asked if you could share one bit of advice with your colleagues and so on and so forth, but we're, we're going to frame it a little bit different. So if we were at a big uh, dental show, right, I'm trying to like put this out there that hopefully we're going to get back to where everybody is in person, hopefully very soon. But if yes. you were at like a big dental show in a big ballroom with, with a whole host of your dental colleagues, dentists and practice owners, and you had the opportunity to go up on stage and and just share one bit of advice from everything that you've learned from where you are for where they are now but just one bit of advice on that stage you know you know in, in a in a couple of minutes what what would you share with this ballroom of your colleagues i would say never stop learning 
just keep on learning. We don't realize how much we don't know until we learn what we didn't know. Yeah. I love it. Short and sweet and to the point. And uh, Dr. Harari, thank you so much. Uh, before we go, I'd love to have you share um, where people can learn a little bit more about you, the great work that you're doing. Um, so if you could go ahead and share that information, that'd be great. Thank you, John. So the website name is Dentalville and it's D-E-N-T-A-L-V-I-L.com. You will find uh, our email address is info at dentalville.com and the phone number is on the website. It's 520-251-4286. And I'm happy to help. I'm happy to be there for you. And you never have to ever worry about not knowing and being alone because this is what it is about now. It's just reaching out to places and people that can help you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know the ESS team really appreciates you, uh, the time that you spent today, as well as on their virtual conference. So best of luck to you in 2021, and hopefully we'll see you soon. And thank you, John, and thank you, ESS. I just love working. I loved working with ESS. I love what they're doing. They are doing amazing stuff for our practices. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the eAssist Dental Solutions MBA podcast. Be sure to visit iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whichever platform you get your podcast from and subscribe. That way, each time we put out a new episode, it will come through to your listening device of choice. Also, if you want some more information about eAssist Dental Solutions, be sure to check out dentalbilling.com. That's dentalbilling.com. Have a great day.